This is part four of the Jewelry Preparedness Podcast with Eric Peterson of Mill Creek Safety. All segments of this November 2nd program with Richard Ruge and Skip Geralds are available at www.thejoyofpreparedness.com. Uh, look it up on the internet. You look for what? Um, mace the product, and so you're looking for uh, mace blends. Mace blends. Yeah, okay. pepper spray, mace, and tear gas is what you want. So, so you poo pooed uh, the cell phone and also whistles. Yeah. Um, you don't like whistles either? Well, whistles can be <laughs> annoying. I mean, that can be effective. It could yeah. be. Especially um, in, in, a, in the city. Yes. I would say the whistle would be more effective than the cell phone. Mm-hmm. You know, at least she was thinking, you know, she, she was thinking self-protection, which is the start. Yeah. Right. Right. She's, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have heard of people in offices uh, being intimidated by a customer coming in and the woman started blowing the whistle and the the guy backed off right away. And, 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 and people came running. People, mm-hmm. people came running. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So then it worked. Ca- yeah. Carry that whistle. But mm-hmm. on the trail, I could see where it would, you know, I mean, out yeah. on a trail somewhere, that's not going to be nearly as effective as something like a, a spray. I mean, I yeah. think about my daughter who's just right. a teenager, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and so I'm, I'm listening with dad ears, you know, trying to figure out, okay, well, what's, what's a good thing for, you know, for me to, to think about for, you know, a, Somebody who's intelligent, but nonetheless still a teenager, mm-hmm. um, with all of those um, right. yet yet to be learned um, items in their life. So, right. do you have a recommendation for kids? Yes, I have a rec- big recommendation, and that's basically take a class, enroll her in a self defense class. Um, I'm really, uh, I think, a great thing to do that will change your kid's life is put them in some sort of martial art discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it will change your life. It makes them, it, it empowers them, mm-hmm. and it teaches them respect and discipline at the same time. I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a good one for your daughter. Are you listening to that, Alyssa? I hope you're listening. <laughs> Is she one of the six people who are listening? <laughs> ten, ten. Oh, ten. ten. Okay. All right. Do you want to move on to how to survive a car accident? Sure. Okay. Okay. Joy um, Preparedness Radio. So, but so, oh, yeah. Okay, well, now that we've heard the cow, then we can't, yeah. we can't go back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How to survive a car accident. Okay. Um, here's the statistics. Pretend like I have a tape measure in front of me. Yes. And this is, you know, tape measure, inches, and one inch equals one year. And so from zero to one, the number one cause of death for all the ages groups, zero to one is birth defects. Um, something was wrong right out of the shoot. And it's usually the first 72 hours that, that, that the child will die, um, the infant will die. So zero to one is birth defects. It's the number one cause of death in this part of the world. From one to 33, there's one cause of death for most people in this part of the world, and that is car accidents. Wow. And so of those car accidents for this part of the world in Sonoma County, Northern California, um, it's most of those accidents happen on the freeway because it's a kinetic thing because, you know, you, you hit somebody in the freeway, it's it's kinetics. Yeah. Yeah. Just people just go so fast. So of the people that die on the freeway, half the people die from the stopping fast thing you know, the kinetic energy and the other half survive the accident and they step out of their car, which is amazing to me that people, so many people step out of the car as soon as the car stops. Mm-hmm. So they've been in an auto accident, they survived it and they, they think, 
oh, I got to get out of this car. Mm-hmm. And I think a large part of that is because people think they got to get out of the car because they think the car is going to catch on fire. Mm-hmm. So that happens on movies, but it really doesn't happen in real life. Uh, the chance of your car catching on fire and exploding is probably one in a million accidents where it actually explodes. Um, it's not like the old days. Richard. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's take you for instance. <laughs> Let's not. You, you're probably the oldest person in this room. Yeah, probably. Okay, so what was, your, not. what was your first car? Oh, Lord, a Dodge. Dodge, Dodge. You mean my family car or my own car? Your own car. Oh, I had a station wagon, Ford oh. station wagon. Okay, that was a big chunk of metal. That's right. <laughs> okay. How about you? Uh, first one that I paid money for was a Corvair. Okay, that's another big piece of metal. Actually, both, I had a Vespa. If you want to count that. Okay. And I had an MGB. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so both of, all, all of those were kind of poorly designed, you know, as far as where the gas tank was. Like if you told me you owned a Volkswagen Bug, a 64 Bug, I would say, well, you know, your, your toes are against the gas tank, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, in the, in the pickup trucks, the old pickup trucks, you know, you're leaning your back is against the gas tank. They're, they're just really poorly designed. Right. Um, and so now you don't have that. The design has really changed on vehicles, so they're so much safer than they ever were before. Mm-hmm. Um, so... But let's go back to that. I mean, I think it's really worth repeating. 50% of the people that die, it's because they get out of their car. Because they get out of their car. And they get hit. They get hit. Yes, wow. because the scene is not secure. Um, they and, and also their brain's not working. You know, their brain just went, just, you know, did a big G-force inside their brain. So it's hard to think clearly on what to do. Right. And so what I teach people to do is stay in the car until the scene is secure. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the police are for. That's what the fire department is going to be called to do. The first thing they're going to do is they're going to make the scene secure. Mm-hmm. And so no other people get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what you got to need. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I say stay in your car, keep your seatbelt on, and wait for help. Mm-hmm. Um, what if you're in the advice. middle of the street or in the m- middle of the freeway? Okay, you know, the middle of the freeway, you see the signs on the freeway that says, don't, uh, you know, if, if your car, for minor accidents, pull to the shoulder. Is that what it says? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so um, I tell people if they're on the edge, if they pull to the middle, you know, it's really, really hard to help somebody in the middle without professional help as far as securing the scene Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i say don't help the people that pull to the middle because you're risking your life if you die trying to help somebody else what did you just do you're an idiot you know well that's what you'd be thinking (laughs) as you were going down the long tube you know (laughs) seeing the light Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. so it's really really hard to help somebody in the middle center divide on a freeway Mm -hmm. um you know so don't pull over and get killed trying to run across the freeway to help somebody that wasn't even hurt and that happens a lot Mm -hmm. so so if we take your advice 50 percent of the car accident deaths will cease Yes, if everybody listened to me, but I got a pretty good chance with the ten people listening. Half of those people. Yeah, yeah. But if ten people told somebody else, or a couple people else, yeah, yeah, Yeah. stay in the car, stay in the car. Yeah, stay in the car. The car is so well designed; it really is. Mm -hmm. I mean, just look at Mm -hmm. look at the 
the parking lot outside here and look at the different cars and just you know the side those curtain airbags those the, the, the airbag alone is such a great invention mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it is true that if you have a car Maybe I shouldn't tell you this. <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you anyway. If you have a car that's over 10 years old, often the airbag does not deploy. Um, and that's because you didn't get your airbag serviced. Uh, and most people don't get their airbag serviced. I didn't even know you had to. Um, and it's usually in later in... in uh, wow. Yeah, so you kind of need to check that every once in a while. Um, so how do you do that? Just go to the... Yeah, you go to... Stop suddenly. No, no. <laughs> Jiffy Lube. Um, you go to a auto repair place and have them check. You know, they can check it and and reservice it a lot of times they'll there's a little uh, little um o2 cylinders that they recharge or replace Mm. um that'll put it up to date but it's you know the older cars you know if you get a car in the 1990s and it has an airbag and you get an auto accident 20 years later and it doesn't deploy don't be surprised yeah yeah so to go back to i mean just the, the sort of safety situation you know so staying in the car which Probably, as you're saying, I mean, if you've been in an accident, you're 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 not thinking your best. This reminds me of an emergency. Right. You're not thinking your best. So there's a certain amount of preparation here, a certain amount of thinking ahead. Right. You know that 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 the education, the information is designed really to help us with, and right. that is that okay, yeah. the car is safe. Very unlikely that you would have a fire. Very unlikely, I would assume, that you'd get smacked a second time because there's already, you know, people are, other cars are aware. I mean, you Well, there's a most, chance you could get smacked, and if you got your seatbelt on and you're in the car, you're in the safest position. Another another reason, then, for that. So yeah. so staying in the car, leaving your seatbelt on, trying to know ahead of time that you're probably not going to be thinking straight, so pausing, staying still for a little while is is, is a good recommendation across the board. Correct. Yes. Um, and, you know, listeners are saying, okay, so what if the car is like upside down and, you know, they've seen all the movies, right? Right, right. So the car is upside down. You smell gas fumes. What are you going to do then? You're smoking a cigarette. And you're smoking, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the I'm, leaving. I'm leaving that yeah. one, Eric. I'm yeah. leaving that one. <laughs> yeah. And the answer to that question is, Every situation is different, and you need to kind of weigh it out. I mean, you know, it takes a couple people to get somebody out off safely that's hanging up suspended by their seatbelt. It really takes a couple people to be able to get it because that person could have um, spinal cord injuries from that. Mm -hmm. And so to get them off safely without injuring them is difficult. That's why you need professional rescuers. Yeah, and even the seatbelt mechanism itself is the weight is holding it. So right. you have to, essentially you have to lift the person up to be able to just disengage that right. you know, seatbelt. It's a nice trick. Yeah. It's a, it's a big trick. Yeah. It's a big trick or cut it. Then you maybe have to cut it, but then the person could conceivably fall out. Mm-hmm. As an ambulance driver, what, what would you like to see people have in their cars after an accident? I would like to see them have sense to not do stupid things. Okay. Like talking on their cell phone, like texting when they're driving. No, that's not what your question. I know <laughs> you, set, you set the bar way too high. <laughs> okay. I know that wasn't your question. Yeah. Um, huh? I would like to see them have a level of knowledge, not necessarily a tool 
like mm. you were suggesting. Right. I would say to have a level of knowledge of, okay, stop. Okay, don't rush into things at this point, um, you know, and look around. When the car stops spinning, uh, look around and and figure out their options, you know, what they can do at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, what about the other people in the car? Right. Is there kids in the back seat? Um, um, what about Fido? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about all these things because at this point the damage is done and you're trying to prevent any further injuries is, is the goal. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when the ambulance comes, our goal is to make sure nobody else gets hurt and protect the people that are hurt. Get them to the hospital and to try to, try to preserve life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you're sort of describing, I mean, again, I go back to the CERT training and, and um, emergency preparedness, yeah. like a, a, a size up. So you're sitting in your car, you've been in a car wreck, and essentially you have to pause for a, for a moment and do a little bit of a size-up. Yeah. Where's the other car? How are the people in the back? Where's Fido? Yes. You have to do this sort of a, an assessment of where you're at and what you're doing. And actually, in that length of time, your your brain's and while you're doing that process, your brain is going to come back, essentially. You know, And if you're not injured, I mean, I would assume then you'd be able to know, okay, yeah, now it's safe to open that door and get out. Or you would know... No, it's not safe yes. to open that door and get out. And it sounds easy what we're saying here, but you're getting a release of chemicals in your brain. That's the fight and flight stuff. You're getting dopamine. You're getting uh, norepinephrine, epinephrine, all these all these things that are being released, all these chemicals released in your brain that's saying get the heck out of the car and run is basically right, right. what your body's what your brain's saying. So you have to fight all that and take some nice, deep, slow breaths and just relax. Mm -hmm. Like you see a car go off the road, a simple thing, right? So what are all the things that could hurt you trying to help that person? You know, you're looking at the car and maybe it hit a tree alongside the road and you're thinking, well, the tree itself could fall down, uh, power lines, Mm-hmm. Um, glass, metal could cut you. Mm-hmm. Um, Shifting, something could shift. Yes, the is weight there, could shift. Is there? So, a, so a, this is what you're looking at as an ambulance driver. Right, right. Yeah. Is there a meth lab in the trunk? Mm-hmm. Um, is the meth head? Is there a pit bull in the back seat mm-hmm. that could hurt? I'm mm. thinking all the things that could hurt Fredo you. Is a pit bull. Yes. Oh. There we go. <laughs> Turn into a pit bull. <laughs> that would be a bad one. Yeah. That would be a bad one. Wow. So it's the same steps. You know, I mean, somewhat right. the same steps. You know, not exactly the same. Similar anyway. Um, and I really appreciate what you're saying about when an, when something severe happens like that. There's all sorts of chemicals flooding your system. Right. And one of the best ways to be able to combat that is to have thought through mm-hmm. ahead of time what you would do in those kind of a, th- those cases, you know, to a degree. You can't think of everything, right. Right. but at least know, okay, yes, I'm going to, I need to pause. I need to not open that door. I mean, there's a 50% chance I'm going to get killed if I open this door, you know, so thinking about those things ahead of time, that's all part and parcel of the preparation. I think that's all right. part and parcel mm-hmm. of just being knowledgeable and being aware and having that consciousness raised. I really appreciate this because I haven't thought about car wrecks. I mean, I've yeah. seen them, I've been in them, but right. I haven't thought through mm-hmm. what to do. And in a lot of cases, um, just, um, if you if you're involved in a car accident, you know, or if you if you 